Hello, friends, and welcome to the Cinemondo podcast. Have you ever wondered where trailers come from? <laughs> Always. Movie trailers, <laughs> not not like travel trailers or RVs, but <laughs> movie trailers. Why are they called trailers anyway? Anyway, that's a, that's another discussion. Well, we have a, a special guest. Eric Archer, as you can see, is on one of the corners. Hi, Eric. Thanks for coming on with us this afternoon. Thanks, Thanks for having me. Sure. And he obviously does trailers for for a living. So, and Kathy knows him well. So, Kathy, you can kind of you know, run the show and, and get get the ball rolling. Yeah. Well, I mean, Eric can do most of the talking because he knows what he's talking about. But um, so, what would be your title? Is it trailer editor? Is there an official lingo term that you're called? Um. Yeah. I mean, I think it would be editor slash creative director. Um, okay. Creative director part just implying that i'm client facing so i have my own okay. client oh okay and so generally uh when i was working at a shop if if it was one of my clients that was bringing me a job then i would cut on it and then run the job at the at the shop okay. um, so yeah okay all right so editor creative director trailers <laughs> and um so how long have you been in the trailer business and why did you decide trailers? Um, I've been in it for 20 years. <laughs> uh, 25 years. <laughs> um, and I got into it by accident as I think most people did yeah. at that time. It was yeah. pre internet um, and trailers were not kind of plugged into the zeitgeist mm -hmm. like they are now. Um, right. so I had actually got started in the feature world, um, you know, post-production PA yeah. and apprentice editor and all that. Uh, and then I needed a job and somebody from college I knew had, they had a night shift job at a small trailer house called Hammer Films. Hmm. And that's how I got into it. it. It took a little while. And I actually had always kind of hated trailers. I love movies. <laughs> <laughs> but didn't never had an affinity for trailers. That's and also they were they were a different beast twenty five years ago. It was yeah. a lot yeah. of you know, in a world where yes right yeah that one guy one man the, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Don LaFontaine was his name yes yes yeah. absolutely yes and I think as as time has gone by audiences are not as tolerant of a hard sell they really need mm. to be seduced by by with craft is That's really essentially what it is yeah. and it was a different in a different state twenty five years ago. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it was, it was completely by accident. But one of the things I did realize was that it was a faster track to a creative job than in the feature world, which is very stratified because a lot of it's unionized and it can take many years of going through the different levels before you're actually sitting down to cut something. Right. Mm. The trailer world, especially at that time, is a little more like the Wild West. So it, <laughs> If you're, it's, you know, largely non-union. So if you're willing to stay long and, you know, do your day job, whether it was making coffee or whatever, and then stay late and teach yourself how to do this thing, it's acceptable. And you have a faster track at actually sitting in a room and being creative for your mm -hmm. job. So um, I decided to stick with it. One other thing as well, <laughs> as an editor, when you're, uh, when you're in the feature world, television, music videos, you're usually working with a director in the room with you. Yeah. Mm. And trailers is one of the few things where they just kind of throw you a bunch of stuff and they're like, come up with something. <laughs> and wow. of course you answer to the studio because you're working for them, but you, most of your creative work you're doing independently or with your colleagues at the shop rather than a director who has a script and storyboards. Oh, oh that's interesting. Yeah. Okay. What was the first trailer you actually worked on back way back when with Hammer? Well, so Hammer at that time, they their their bread and butter was uh, straight to video international sales. And so my first trailer was Assault on Devil's Island, starring okay. Hulk Hogan, <laughs> Carl Weathers, and Shannon Tweed. Wow. So that's uh, a cast. Yeah. So... That just, that just sounds like the first one. You know what I mean? That's like I think if I, if we be. all listed our first gig in the entertainment industry, it would be something kind of like that. Exactly. Well, I think I think of AIP, Kathy. You know, yeah, with the, you know, raw exactly. nerve and things like that. AIP. You know? Former wrestlers. And yes, whatnot. my first poster was Raw Nerve, starring Crazy Lords. Yeah, <laughs> that was awesome. 
right? We're part of the same club. Yeah, yeah you gotta, you gotta, you gotta pay your dues, man. Oh yeah, you don't just start on Star Wars. You have to start. In- <laughs> yeah. Well, it's funny though because even that has changed a little bit. I mean, you everyone has to pay their dues, but <clears throat> there's so much more content out there that needs to be advertised. Yeah, yeah. That it does. It seems like it offers more opportunities. That's true. Yeah, and different levels. Like there's theatrical right. trailers. There's like promos. There's little like you know, custom content like EPK, you know, combining yeah, trailers exactly. with interviews. So it's like, there is so much stuff for people to work with. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, there is. there is. So what we should do, and we'll get in more about like how this is done. I want to show you one of the, the trailers that you, you did. You worked on the Quiet Place 2 trailer and it won some awards. So that's, that's no small thing. Yeah. So we're going to play it. And then Eric can tell us all about the wonderful process of making a trailer. <laughs> okay. So here it goes. cool is that hard for you to watch <laughs> you spent so much time with it makes us sick of it you know it's funny because of covid uh because all that work was done at the in 2019 uh-huh. and so and the trailer actually came out in early 2020 but then everything got postponed for 14 or 15 months before the film got released so it doesn't have that um PTSD factor. Right. <laughs> it's far enough, you know, a couple of years away. Yeah. <laughs> now, it's got a nice pace pace to it. You know, that's the thing that I think um, makes it a little bit different. It's not just bang, 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 taiko drums beating. You know, it's it's got some pensive moments and then it and then it explodes and then it got has some quiet moments and then it explodes. So it there's a lot of those kind of choices. Like how do you time it out? To t- to kind of tell a story in a short time, you're 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 making a little movie. Yeah, it's like your choice. Like it's it's that tell the story. Like don't cut it. It's almost like a little piece of the movie. And I yeah. love that long like intro, and then the shift in tone from that crazy you know intro where they're finding out what's happening to the dark quietness. I love that instead of just a bunch of clips, bunch of clips. Sometimes right. that works, <laughs> but I love that you decided to do it that way. So how does how did you start this project, and how did it come about, step by step? <laughs> Well, um, so this 
this was the case on the first Quiet Place as well, which I also worked on. Mm. We and this happens often. You start before there's even a cut of the movie, right? So um, you're just you're working from dailies. You're literally getting the material maybe a week after they shot it, and so. Um, you know, it's it's a little intimidating at first because it's just a lot of material and how do you, you know, kind of assimilate all this stuff because it's not even a two-hour movie. It's hours and hours of dailies. Right. And you get a script as well, right? Or Yeah, so security is very tight. So we have we go read a script and take notes because we oh, can't okay. get with us and we can't access it. But the good thing about both of these movies is obviously there's not a lot of dialogue. So you, you don't... Mm. That's true. It's that eliminates one huge component of stuff you're usually working with. Right. The challenge, but also uh, I have to say working on both of these movies has been a lot of fun just because inherently the conceit is nobody can talk. Right. In the, in the trailer that we just watched, there's a lot more talking, but in the first movie, there was maybe literally six lines of dialogue in the entire movie. That's right. Right. And so therefore you have to find other ways to, to convey information. And also because the nature of the conceit is you can't make noise to right. the trailer with lots of constant bombast doesn't make any sense. Like you right. have to have right. moments of quiet moments of them trying to be quiet. And that takes restraint. Like you can't mm -hmm. just be plastering it with all the usual tricks. Right. Okay. And, and that contributes a lot to pacing decisions. Okay. And so you get the footage. So you're, you're getting as it comes in, you're kind of formulating because, you know, you don't have everything you need when you first are starting the job, obviously, because they're shooting maybe the, the walking through the forest stuff, but you don't have all the, yes. the, you know, warehouse stuff or whatever. So you're having to kind of compile and get the clips you like, like, do you go through all of the dailies and just, pick like selects like this is a good shot this is a good shot like how do you decide on yeah. what footage to use i mean it's basically if you're familiar with production it's one take of each setup and then right. that's a simple please give me that and then we look at everything and you know, oh, okay and uh, you probably have to use placeholders for things that don't have their vfx yet and completely and, and <laughs> both of these movies were a challenge in that regard because they were very um very tight about releasing incomplete visual effects or right. sometimes they pre-visualize these things just for the feature editors. So there's a crude animation of right. feature coming down the wall, but they didn't release any of that stuff to us. So we, there were certain instances where we needed guidance from feature editorial because they wouldn't release the incomplete visual effects. Right. So for instance, this is kind of amusing. <laughs> The very first shot, the, the one long shot, and the, you know, so I think it's just all green screen out the window, right? <laughs> well, no, that actually the beautiful thing is it's all practical, except oh. so there that was, you know, that was it, something oh, that, in that just leapt right out at you. Uh, right. That's got to be used somewhere. <laughs> um, but I kept wanting to cut out of it a little earlier than John Krasinski and feature editorial. They would come back with like, you got to stay on it longer. I was like, okay, fine. And that's because I didn't know that the creature's arm was supposed to come out of the front of the bus. Oh, okay. Gotcha. So they were leaving room for that, and they were giving us guidance on how much time they needed. And, and not I really telling you why. <laughs> right. right. And, they, and they actually didn't. They didn't say anything. That's funny. Huh. And so while we were mixing the trailer, the final sound mix, that was the first time I saw the creature's hand come out. <laughs> that's funny. Like, that was oh, oh that's that Actually, works. Yeah. <laughs> totally. yeah. <laughs> um, and initially I had cut an entirely different open that featured John Krasinski in the flashback. And we saw him at the beginning. Mm. It's a totally different open. And he smart decision that he wanted this to open the trailer. Mm. Oh, okay. So some of it is from them. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. In this case that, I mean, it's unusual, but this is just sort of a gift that's lifted from the movie and slightly manipulated, but I mean, it's all there. That's really cool. That's really yeah. nice. Do you have any say like on the, uh, the, the type, how it's used, like when to bring in type or, or, um, you know, anything that needs to sort of explain things like, what is that considered if you have to supplement with like coming, you know, they thought they were alone, dot, 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 you know, whatever. Um, right. Right. So in the, in the 
teaser for the first movie where literally nobody talks in the piece. There had to be trailer copy. It's not usually not narrated anymore. That's kind of a thing. Thank God. Right. Yeah. I miss it though. I miss it. Yeah. <laughs> They took away his family. They took away his freedom. <laughs> Only one man. That's pretty good. Yeah. Um, so the very first piece for the first movie had to have copy that outlined the rules. Oh, okay. So to speak. Mm, yeah. So right. Okay. Something like listen closely, walk carefully, and don't ever make a sound. If they can't hear you, they can't hunt you. And those were cards that just came up okay. because again, no one is talking. So there is no other way to explain. Yes. Them. Right. Right. Sure. And, and it has to be nonverbal. Um, and so th that decisions like that are collaborative between um, the studio and us, the vendor. We, we talk about it. They talk about what their needs are. Graphic design is also a collaboration. Maybe we'll come up with stuff, but ultimately they're dictating the look. Okay. Do you ever um, have to collaborate with like the print key art campaign with the trailers or is that pretty much separate? Um, no, I mean, in, in the shops where I've been, where there has been a print department and they're trying to do what's called 360. So it, oh, yeah. it's, it's their, their client is at the studio and rather than them having to get different vendors for each of their needs, they can go ostensibly go to one vendor for multiple needs. And those would be bigger shops that have AV departments, print departments. Mm -hmm. At Ignition, we had a sound stage where they could shoot stuff for special nice. shoot, even EPK. So, you know, um, in those scenarios, you do collaborate across disciplines. How hmm. do special shoots uh, work in this kind of situation? Are, are you doing, are you talking about like a special shoot trailer where you don't have any footage, so you create this sort of tease? Or are you talking about adding supplemental to the footage you have? Either. I think okay. special special shoot teasers are very uncommon these days because they cost yeah. a lot. Right. They're so cool, uh, though, when they do it. They, they are cool because it's just, it's, it's purely special, you know, <sighs> whatever it is. And it's coming from the marketing minds, you know. Yeah. So I, I miss those as well. I know. I like that. I worked on a film one time where we did it. We, like, made a thing during the shooting. Not, I mean, I didn't write it or anything, but the writer or whatever director had one of the characters do this real blatant exposition dialogue like like they've taken jenny and we have to go get her back now you know it was that kind of thing <laughs> and it was like that was for the trailer <laughs> yeah so we do that all the time uh yeah. usually usually not visually but you're writing lines of dialogue uh that uh, eventually mm. hopefully the actor will pick up before right the trailer. oh that's interesting. interesting yeah yeah and a lot of that arises out of needing to be expositionally efficient because right. we don't have right. two, two and a half minutes yeah so sometimes what the character takes six lines and you know three minutes to explain in the movie yeah that's the one sentence that <laughs> yeah. doesn't really exist so you Concocted. Wow. We're trapped yeah. in here and they're outside. <laughs> we have to be quiet. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So how much of that is pre like do you concept trailers after reading a script before you see anything, like you storyboardy kind of stuff, or you just go right into foot and start putting stuff together? Yeah. Usually it's just uh, yes, all of that. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I mean, uh, there's not, again, because the, uh, it was more common with special shoots, things aren't usually storyboarded. Okay. So you'll you'll get material, you, you'll dig footage, dig into okay. footage, and then I think at the same time you're trying to uh, pitch ideas to the studio, mm -hmm. and the studio is giving you direction that maybe they've gleaned from strategy research or right. what have you. Right. And so it's an exchange of information, right. and... Um, yeah. What do you think is your best piece of work? Oh God. Uh, <laughs> there's just so many. I know. <laughs> oh, there's no, that's I was gonna say there's none. <laughs> um I mean I'm proud of that particular trailer. It is a great trailer. Uh, it is a great trailer. Yeah, and then uh, you know, at the outset, I used to think in my naive younger days, like a uh, trailer for a, a sequel to a movie that was a hit, like that's got to be the easiest thing in the world. People already yeah. love it. All you need yeah. to do is literally show the title. Just card. remind Here, them. Here's more. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Here's more of what you like. Bye. Yeah. 
<laughs> right. But it's actually, it's so not the case. Oh, you know? interesting. Right. The challenge in this case is like, okay, people loved it. They have high expectations. Mm. What is different about this one? Right. We can't oh, just shit. sell. It's more people. It's the same people sneaking around trying to be quiet. They were Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And so what is the extra wrinkle? And again, how do you communicate that without being able to lean on a lot of dialogue? Right. In this movie, we were able to cherry pick certain lines of dialogue that did help us. But it's the introduction of the the family finally leaving their farm where they were for the entirety of the first movie. Mm-hmm. And there's other people or, or there's one other person. And then you learn there's other people. And then right. really the final thought of the trailer is like those people might suck and be yeah, yeah. <laughs> we yeah, all know people suck we've seen yeah. enough zombie yeah. movies to know that they're worse than the monsters they are worse than the <laughs> zombies as a people yeah. <laughs> well when resources are really slim you know you, you have to assume it'll be survival of the fittest and that means probably the most aggressive to you know gathering resources so i like that you covered so much ground in that trailer from Reminding people about the concept, bringing in the new wrinkle, bringing in the new person, bringing in the whole population, bringing in the concept that there's, it's going to be even worse. I like that that covered almost its own little mini movie. <laughs> and kind of the prequel aspect of it, too, where mm-hmm. it's like, here's how it started. Yes. You know? that's, yeah. how, this is a basic question. Do they tell you, hey, this, this trailer has to be two minutes and 30 seconds or two minutes? Do you get a duration right off the bat or is there a yeah, there, way there? Yeah. So generally speaking... Trailers should be two and a half minutes. Okay. Uh, and occasionally they're looking for something shorter, which was the case for this. They, they wanted, you know, just something that didn't try too hard and was confident enough to be on the short side. Right. Love uh, it. And occasionally, like I was just working on the, um, the Beatles documentary. That's um, oh, cool. oh, yeah. on Disney Plus. And mm-hmm. they commissioned a long trailer for that. Their trailer is oh, about okay. four minutes. So wow. that is long. the standard is about two and a half minutes. Two and a half. And do you as another basic question, teaser trailers, do you cut those I mean before or when you does it say you do a teaser trailer which is completely different than the actual trailer and that's a minute long or something? And you know, how does that work? So most often it's kind of chronological, so that shorter tease right. piece will be at the beginning and then right campaign develops in terms of how it divulges information and so on and so forth. Right. But occasionally there, there will be an instance where uh, a campaign is already going and there's awareness, but the, maybe for specific needs, the client will want something short that explores maybe a specific part of the movie that hasn't been largely shown yet. Or So there can be like late teaser requests. I see. Which seems not intuitive. Like, why are you teasing something that already had a trailer or two out for it? <laughs> right. It, it can work. It can remind people of what they've already seen, mm-hmm. but just do it in a short, sweet way that's still right. and still teasing. Mm-hmm. And they're basically repurposing content they have, just maybe kind of whittling it down a little bit. So there's not this total rethink. Right. Exactly. <laughs> right. Well, that's, that's true because, I mean, you can't have a, a campaign for a movie and there's awareness and then make it feel radically different in the middle. I think that's just going to confuse people. (laughs) Like, so it does have to have a kind of consistency to it in its feel at least. And there are some trailers. We just reviewed one for a film called black Adam, the Dwayne Johnson film. And it was basically just one, it was a teaser trailer. It's one minute long, I think. And it's just one short scene from the film. It almost looks like it's not complete or something. Right. You know, it almost looked like maybe it was just shot and not going to be in the movie or the, the effects weren't, I don't know, or maybe it's just not, not a good all film. Of, all, of which, all of which could be entirely possible. Yeah. <laughs> and he's and it not looked even like in it. He's... They were teasing Dwayne Johnson, but he looked kind of CGI because it's right. shadow, but you couldn't tell. And it felt like that yeah. was probably... Like maybe a still with a moving shadow animated on it or something. <laughs> I know. So there's a lot of like, I don't know if you if you have like lingo for styles of trailers. There's the trailers <laughs> like you did, which are like storyline almost trailers where it's like a, a long kind of scene. And then what about, I mean, this is like the bane of my existence, or the trailer that tells the whole story. Like right. you see a trailer and it tells the entire movie, and now you don't even need to see it. Does that make you guys crazy? Like how does that come about? <laughs> well, it makes us crazy in the sense that sometimes <clears throat> we're instructed to put more in. And mm-hmm. right. more. <clears throat> the, the, the tough, I mean, the conundrum is 
I think American movie-going audiences want to know what they're in for. So you, you have to be clear what you're advertising. Uh, and I think, you know, like sometimes you'll, you'll watch, it's like sometimes I wish I was a French trailer editor because they're, they just do whatever. And it yeah. can be very impressionistic. And at the end of it, you're like, I don't I have no idea <laughs> yeah. what was going on. I but, wish I could do that. But I'm curious. Yeah. yeah. Yes. And one of the reasons, well, because American audiences are like that, the studios often employ testing to help them determine what is interesting people. Oh, yes. And so, you know, you'll put together a trailer and do several versions, and then everyone at the studio will say, okay, that's ready to test. And then they'll send it out to different parts of the country and survey people on, on what they think. And generally, testing is built to reward information being delivered. So that's kind of what dictates the studios requesting like, okay, we need more story. Right. People are clear on what this, it's not testing high enough. Gotcha. Okay, that makes sense. And so, you know, I mean, some of it is just pragmatism. Like right. if there are indications that people are confused, make things clear. Sure. Okay. So it's so, like, they're not getting it. We got to tell them more. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's, I think that's why that happens. I, I yeah. think in general, everyone, including the studio people, if they could have their druthers, would prefer to save a lot of the goods for the movie itself. Right. And just try to right. leave a trail of breadcrumbs and get people to come. Well, it's but, interesting that, you know, you, the history of trailers, if you go watch TCM or any of these, you see the old trailers from the 30s yeah. and 40s. They give away so much of the movie and a lot yeah. of those. You know, yeah. then it's then it's sort of kind of backed off in the sixties and seventies and might have gotten a little more impressionistic. I think of the alien trailer, the original one, that doesn't show anything of the movie. It's oh, just oh, kinda like so yeah. yeah. It's a great you know. So it is interesting how things sort of the ebb and flow of what uh the movie studios uh, you know, feel that a trailer is worth to get people in the seats, you know. Yeah. And then I, I also think like, you know, there are certain I believe anyway, there are certain films that do dictate media, uh, communicating a lot to the audience. Mm -hmm. and there's a lot to try and get across to get them interested. Um, I'm thinking, have, are you guys familiar with the movie Spotlight? Yes. yes. Mm -hmm. Okay. So I, I love that movie. Yep. Thinking about, and I'm not, uh, apologize, I'm not familiar with the trailer for it, but that that is like, if you want to sell someone yeah. to come see this story, you need to convey quite a bit of information. I think. True. Yes. There's and, a lot of a lot yeah. of talking. Well, yeah. just the history of the story of what happened, yeah. you know, in yeah. Boston. I mean, that, of, that is yeah. part of what makes it incredibly yeah. compelling is that it's all true. And this is only one snippet of a worldwide phenomenon, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, and yeah. it's cool to know that these guys are a special unit within their newspaper. Yes. You know, you want to kind of get all those things across in the trailer and you can start flirting with divulging too much in that process. Yeah. yeah. That's true. So do you have any say on the music that's um, employed into a trailer or do you, um, or is that suggested to you? Like how much control do you have over that? So more often than not, we, it's collaborative on the agency side. So meaning, you know, the client is like uh, most of the time they're like, you tell, you know, use whatever you want. Okay. They, they will have final approval of course, but so, and then we'll try to come up with uh, different musical ideas uh, one trend that's really taken off in the last decade or so is is customizing uh, well-known songs with composers. Right. I love that. Um, yeah. Or even just composing original music out of the gate for a trailer. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I've done a few times, and that's really great. So, um, yeah, so music is interesting. Again, the studio will have final approval, but you can provide them with all kinds of ideas. Sometimes budget is a concern if you have a trailer that has both Ariana Grande and Kanye in it. You know, <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> wait a second, wait a second. Right, right, right. Uh, but usually, it's it's a it's a pretty free field to play in for us. For years, it was you know like years ago, it was like my God, there's James Horner's theme from Aliens again in a trailer. Right. Yeah, Trevor yeah. Jones' we'll theme from Dark City that was in so many trailers. Or <laughs> George Thorogood's Bad to the Bone. That's I was it? doing some of that, bad to the bone too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god, that's so funny. Oh, so so how would you, how would if you wanted to make trailers, what would be your advice to somebody who wants to get into the trailer biz? Um, 
It's so much easier now. Than- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the computer. Oh, we can just cut well, away. Yeah, I mean, if anyone is interested, I mean, there are different ways you can get into trailers. Obviously, if you're interested in editing, it's not a bad idea to just be learning the ropes at home on your own. Um, it just in terms of the technical stuff and whatnot. Mm-hmm. And then I think you want to you want to go to a trailer shop and you'll start at the bottom but you're in the environment where people do this thing that you like and you will learn from them and you have all these tools at your disposal. There's movies, there's, you know, Avid's or Premiere or the editing software and you have access to all of it um, as long as you're, you know, hardworking and patient and all those other things. But, and, um, and yeah, I think that's on that score, you tend there's a little bit more kind of vertical movement at smaller shops than bigger shops. Mm-hmm. Um, right. So that's I benefited from that because Hammer was very small. So I wore a lot of hats and was able to start cutting fairly quickly because there were less than twenty people in the company. Because they needed you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, and on the, te- the technical side of it, do you you said Premiere? Is that what you use primarily, or is it Final Cut or I'm, I'm personally, it's kind of different for everybody right oh, now. Okay. A lot of the places are kind of split half and half between Premiere and Avid. Mm. And right oh, now, Avid, all right. yeah, right now I'm using Avid. Oh, okay. So is it, is it pretty much like home office stuff? I mean, not even just pandemic wise, but is this something that, because it seems like a kind of job you could do oh, remotely pretty much. Or yeah, is security so, an issue? <laughs> security is an issue. So pre-pandemic, yeah. that was... Uh, tough. There were a few editors that did work remotely because they lived in Florida or something, but they obviously can't have certain projects where the security is super, super high. Yeah. I mean, there there are projects where you don't even go to the office to work on them. You go to the feature yeah. cutting yes. room. Right. And notice that way, like, so let's say I think James Cameron's Avatar movies that are coming up, like mm. that's that's yeah. a locked down operation and whoever's working on that is going to wherever he is and his facilities are. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. yeah. Are there any trailers out there that you like or admire that you think like, wow, I wish I could do something like that. Any that stand out to you that are, oh, that are special? So many. <laughs> yeah. Bring it on. <laughs> uh, I mean, I get jealous all the time. Cause I think that, <laughs> I mean, I mean, honestly, I think the level of work, in at least my field has um, exponentially improved over the last mm-hmm. decade or so. I mean, I think people really bring it and mm-hmm. there's so much cool stuff. Um, there's one trailer that came out, this was a while ago uh, for a movie called little children. Mm-hmm. Kate, Kate Winslet's in and yep. um, not a real high profile movie, but the trailer is insanely cool. It's very, very, artistically done like what uh, what do you admire like what what do you define as artistic um being on the inside that you know how difficult it is yeah i mean every every movie is different you know so in an instance like little children that's a, a pretty low budget independent film so the commercial stakes are less high in other sure. words mm-hmm. I think yeah. those those trailers sometimes are not subject to things like testing because testing is expensive and they already know they have a specialty film. So they're not trying right. to get everyone and their brother to go see little children. Right. They make something that appeals to an art house audience. Mm-hmm. And that is how, you know, that trailer to me is a piece of art. And it's yeah, okay. because of the situation. Well, actually it's because of the craft and the creativity, but the situation allowed for it. Right. Yeah. Um, and so I recently saw uh, a trailer. I can't recall the name. There's a new movie on Hulu coming out about uh, uh, Tommy Lee and oh uh, yeah, yes, Emma right. Anderson, yes, and tape. And it's actually it seems like it's about the guys who discover the tape. It's not specifically about them. Right. Oh, that's and right. that trailer came out a couple of days ago, and it's fantastic. I oh, think it's, it's the movie is just called Pam and Tommy. I think Pam and Tommy. Yeah, that's yeah. correct. That's right. correct. Okay, we'll have to look for that. Yes. And it, it has um, a, an ingenious first 30 seconds. That's, I mean, it's all great, but you're hooked. 30 seconds in, I didn't need to see anymore. I was like, <laughs> right. take my money. 
I love they take it from that perspective because it would have been really easy to like, let's just start with Pam Anderson because, you know, she's who she is. You got to just show her right away. Like, I love that they took the time to show another perspective of it, which is makes yeah. it even more intriguing, really, because it well, is sort totally. of and, and you're discovering what they've found as they do. And they're I love that. Know, 30 <laughs> seconds in, finally, they're like, wait a second, that's Pam Anderson. <laughs> but it took its time. It, it started out with what's, what's seemingly innocuous moments of like, here's a tape, put it in. No, that's not it. Fast forward. And then, you know, again, and you're like, well, what am I looking at? It's kind of intriguing. <laughs> but then they, they build it. Oh, that's Tommy Lee from from Motley Crue. And <laughs> so holy funny. shit, that's Pamela Anderson. Yeah, and yeah. then they're watching. That is so funny. What are they doing? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it seems like oh, your, your job is very similar to mine. I work in the print side of entertainment marketing. So it's that sort of like you said, when it's more a uh, more independent, low budget project, you tend to have a lot more freedom creatively because there's less at stake. You know, yeah. like I said, they have a very focused audience. You don't have to worry about appealing to everyone, so you can, t- you know, take a few chances with like some cool graphics. But boy, yeah. the bigger it gets and more scrutiny it gets. Like I'm sure you've had this, where especially if a director's involved, some of the level like you know Chris Nolan or you know J.J. Abrams, it becomes a whole other level of like. You're pleasing everyone along the way up to the top. And then it then finally, after thousands of revisions, you go to JJ Abrams who goes, Nah, let's do it. Let's do something else. And just like, oh my God, it's just brutal. But yeah. that that's where there's so much money at stake and you can just feel the pressure. I'm sure it's very similar to trailers as having to do like a million revisions the higher up it goes and the bigger project it is. Sure. And and the people who really feel that pressure are are the ones that we're talking to at the studio because sure. their boss their bosses are yelling at them. Right. They're like, you know, the expectations are so high, constantly putting the pressure on them. And then on top of it, Kathy, as you just pointed out, sometimes you're dealing with very um alpha filmmaker personalities mm-hmm. that you know, and they have this kind of triangle of stress yeah. coming at them. Yeah. And I'm very I'm very empathetic because usually yeah. if it's if it's if it sucks for me, it's sucking for them too. You know, right. oh my God, it's version 97. We have to revive. <laughs> I mean, they're the ones that are getting that message from their bosses. And it it's a very charitable mm-hmm. attitude you have. I think it's sometimes a, it took me a couple of decades to cultivate. I, yeah. <laughs> now, sometimes you get people that you're working with where you just don't understand what they want. You, you don't understand why they want what they want, but you have to go ahead and do it. Yeah. Like, um, you know, it. I won't mention it, but there was a, Kathy knows what I'm talking about. There's a major science fiction franchise. And I remember the, the um, ideas for it, the, the main people working on it, the concept was, I don't want it to look like science fiction. I don't want it to, I don't want it to show the iconic images of this I get franchise. That direction so much. Don't make it look too sci-fi, but it is sci-fi. That's <laughs> the people who you want to appeal to, but you know, and so you're thinking, I don't get what you want. I don't, yeah. I don't get it, but I'm going to go ahead and try to do it. I'll put them on horses, you know? (laughs) Yeah. With certain genres, I've heard that a lot. Sci-fi is one of them. Uh, A Western, uh, you know, people make it like a Western. It's like, okay, well, I don't know what to do about all the... (laughs) Cowboy hats? Yeah. (laughs) Like every (laughs) shot. Uh, Please don't make it a musical. That was the direction on Chicago, which eventually they abandoned. But it was really like, avoid, just make it seem like it's Roaring Twenties and guns and... Oh, no right. kidding. So yeah, and it's like, then you're missing the energy and the whole thing, you know. And... <laughs> Bait and switch, you know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so what's the same with trailers? You get, and it seems like it'd be harder trailers should you're working with the actual film. So, so to say, don't make it look too horror. It's like, but it, but it's horror. <laughs> it's yeah. like it's a slasher movie. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, to that end, there is a lot of stuff that you know has to be created that may not exist in the film. Uh, even if you're working on a comedy, even jokes, yeah. uh, okay. you know, and particularly if you're getting a comedy with improv, happy actors, Seth Rogen or Amy Schumer, it's like you can go into the dailies where they're uh-huh. riffing and you can concoct jokes that gotcha. aren't. Uh, mm-hmm. And you, you do that if, if the material that you're getting from the feature isn't very strong, you have to try and be inventive in ways that you hack. <laughs> That's in. interesting. Yeah, that is. Sometimes the trailers are better than the movies. Oh yeah. And, you know, you get tricked, 
by this great trailer and you go in you're like that's what i feel like as a as a trailer you know maker you would be like i succeeded (laughs) yeah tinged with guilt that (laughs) i somehow got you to watch this crap it's terrible (laughs) well some trailers you just know as you're watching it these are the best scenes in the film they just these are the big points so i'm getting it and you go, you know, not only do you not want to see it, but you feel it's probably not a very good movie. And more often that's what kind of works, you know, how it works out. So it's just yeah. interesting, you know. Yeah, yeah, that's true. So um, how how would you uh, how would you describe, like, as you've gone through all these years of trailers, how would you describe right now your your attitude toward trailers overall? Like, is it is it more creative? Is it more pragmatic? Is it now a business? Like, is it just like surrendering to the testing and the clients and the executives or is it your is there still a creative spark alive <laughs> when you approach your your work because it is hard being a creative person within yeah. a business that's mostly not creative and you right. see how people yeah. communicate with creative people and it and it's not like oh we're so special but it's like there is just this whole different mindset that they don't will never understand really yeah and i i sometimes as a person who uh, works in the creative end of things it can it can be frustrating and yet i think it's almost actually better if those people stay in their lane if you know what i mean <laughs> yes yeah. of course wouldn't yeah. that you be know? nice <laughs> yeah, it's like when when you're dealing with an executive who's juggling different projects and meetings mm-hmm. and things and they're like i need i need a rethink on this thing and mm-hmm. you, you try to coax some information out of them but they're like just do your thing it's just so cool. Yeah. And it's like, you know what? That's cool. I'm fine. You're trusting me with that. You don't have time for it. Maybe some people don't have the acumen for it, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And right. this becomes our responsibility. <laughs> it becomes our responsibility. But you have other creative outlets too, you know, in your life. I think I, I do, I enjoy most of the time what I do. And, but I also feel like the fact that I do it as a, to get a paycheck is it kind of drains a lot of the fun out of it after a while. So you have to have other Mm -hmm. creative things in your life. So I have a lot of other things that I do, but um, yeah, I mean, is it, do you still feel creative with the the spark and I? (laughs) Um, hmm. It's, it's, it it ebbs and flows and it can ebb and flow in sort of longer windows of time. Uh, These last three months I've just been burned out and or yeah. it can be depending on the project. Yeah. I still get super excited by a cool project to work on. Yeah, sure. And yeah. when that when that disappears, then I'll know that I've, it's time to fold the tent. You know, right? <laughs> Start uh, a band. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god. That'll Do work. you ever collaborate with other trailer editors on one project? Like, is there any um, collaboration going on with you guys, or kind of a solo projects? Um, all the time. So oh. if you're if you're working at a shop, right now I'm working independently. But if you're working at a shop, uh, things will often get passed around, or okay. maybe even there'll be competition. A competition oh, yeah. is not the right word, but a trailer house will be assigned. Please cut two trailers, so then you'll have right. two. Right. And that often collaborate or confer with one another. Okay. To mm-hmm. Different enough or. Right. What are you thinking about opening with, and so on and so forth? Right. Okay. Does that help you? Do you think, or do you feel like it's distracting? Like, do you like the collaboration um, aspect of it? Yes, I do, and I miss it. As I said, I'm working independently, yeah. so I'm. I, I think. I mean, things are always going to be not. You know, on the one hand, you have like approval by committee that sucks, but yeah, yeah. things are always. At least I'm convinced things are always. My work will always be better if it's more than just me looking at it before it goes yeah. out the door. Right, that's true. Like it needs another pair of eyes, or sometimes at the beginning of a process, uh, beginning of a project, which I always find to be a little overwhelming. It's okay. nice to have another brain that's looking at the footage with you. You can bounce spitball ideas. Like that's very helpful stuff. And that's when cool. you're working alone, it can sometimes feel. A little overwhelming because there's not sure. that other person or other collaborators are release valves. Right. right. Yeah. 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 Source of ideas. And, and that's a very I do that too. I work alone. I'm like, is this good? I know. I don't know. I don't know Let's if this throw is it good. out there. Let's see I like what it, but maybe it's not good. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. So, so we do a movie podcast and we love to talk about movies. So was there a movie that kind of inspired you to be, 
in the movie trailer business in general, or was this something you stumbled into and didn't give a shit about movies? <laughs> uh, well, always loved movies. Um, and Any I was, in particular? Yeah, I mean, I, I was kind of like that film snobby Scorsese, Kurosawa. Oh, nice. uh, I mean, that's that's how that was my my window in. I, it was actually a that's high a good school window that really introduced <laughs> me to this stuff. Nice. Um, and uh, yeah, so that's so not it, snobby stuff. That's no, good that's stuff. Just yeah. well, <laughs> stuff. But you know, I, I I didn't so much go for the Star Wars and the. Yeah, okay, interesting. It took me a while to come around and respect Spielberg, only because I remember, you know, how much I loved DT as a kid, and I'm like, that's commercial. He's a commercial garbage. Movie. Right. Yeah, totally. <laughs> that's for the plebs. Uh, <laughs> Emotionally manipulative stuff. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Well, yeah, that's not I mean. forty. <laughs> yeah. Um, but the the trailer thing happened by accident, um, and I I really had no interest but i do remember the first trailer i saw once i had gotten started in the business and you know was doing some like cutting my assault on devil's island or whatever uh i saw um a teaser for the big lebowski oh uh, yeah uh, and i saw it in the theater and well i guess that's the only way you could see the trailer right? yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it was a teaser it was very short about 45 seconds uh and it was, it's hard to describe but it was it was a piece of art and it was absolutely hilarious and i was like i maybe i've just seen the light yeah and and so on and so forth and um you know eventually trailers started improving and I would see yeah. more and more, I would get jealous more and more. And I was like, well, I thought I hated these things. I thought, you know, well, we do these trailer reactions, which are actually, you know, little shows that we put together. So we obviously love trailers. We love sort yeah. of, you know, our, our, our you know, amateurish look into them. I just, our emotional feel of what they are. So yeah, we, we share yeah. that love, yeah. you know, for sure. I go way back to the, uh, there used to, when I grew up, I grew up in Tallahassee, Florida, and there was a drive-in theater, and we used to go, and it was like a grindhouse drive-in. They awesome. used to show, yeah. you know, Cry of the Banshee and all the, you know, I'm Dracula. Sure, I'm sure Tarantino was there somewhere. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, if he ever made it to Tallahassee, he probably would. <laughs> but it was, um, it, to me, the fun part was these trailers that they would show. They had the grind, those old grindhouse trailers. Oh, you those know, are so sure. fun. There is something dirty and grungy about those, about that <laughs> style. And you just felt like you were watching this illicit, horrible, like this stuff really happened. You know, the, the trailer for Texas Chainsaw Massacre and, you know, Die, Die, My Darling and all these kind of movies. And, you know, the, the movies that they would probably get because the name looked cool on the marquee, you know, and the bloody house of horror and the corpse grinders so and things like yeah. that. And it, scream and scream again you know those trailers are just so fantastic and they and like mark yeah. was saying earlier they're so much better than the movie <laughs> yeah. yeah and you know, which like, which brings me back to when i say trailers have improved and so on and so forth i mean i'm, I'm talking about the mainstream stuff yeah. right i think I, I myself didn't realize how cool some trailers were I mean, Stanley Kubrick is someone who, like, oh yeah, oh, yeah. himself God. and with Pablo Ferro, his 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 title designer, yeah, yeah. Like, they would cut trailers for Doctor Strange. The trailer for Doctor Strangelove is still forty years ahead of its time. Yeah, absolutely, <laughs> yeah. I love no, that. No, yeah, no I actually out now. No, the I Shining actually, trailer is still like iconic. Like it's totally. it's like you remember everything. It's so good. Yeah, I'll tell great. you something. I smuggled my Super Eight camera into the drive-in theater and. For the purpose of filming the Shining trailer, so I have the Shining trailer on Super, Super 8, Eight film, which makes it cooler. Wow, right? <laughs> we love those, that trailer. Those doors opening and the blood coming out—that's yeah. that was stunning. That's that's one of those things that was shot for the trailer, I think, because I mean, it yeah, happens in the, in the film. Yeah. It's in the film, but yeah, that's such I mean, a trailer that's, shot. That's a that's a whole Kubrick thing. He did that yeah. for. I mean, his first piece for Eyes Wide Shut was just yeah. She's a bad, bad thing. Yep. Kidman just sitting, looking at herself in the mirror, and then looking up. Yeah, and, yeah. You know, a couple of shots cut so, in between, yeah. but it's so simple. And 
just made me breathlessly anticipate the movie. Yeah. yeah. And, and yeah. he was he was doing that for 40 years. I mean, he was right. doing that. Yeah. And the trailer for 2001 is great. I, I love sure. that trailer. Yeah. Just it's. I remember seeing that in the theater. It was just like, yeah. this is magic. Something yeah. otherworldly. Okay. I've never even thought about this before. So, Anything yeah. like this. Well, any parting words for trailer fans or wannabe trailer cutters <laughs> from an actual trailer cut? Well, to trailer fans, thank you. <laughs> trailers, you know, ostensibly with with the the revolution of of streaming, it, it could have completely changed the way things were advertised, and mm. you could argue that they that they are, but the trailer seems to be something that's standing the test of time. Yep. Without you know, a doubt. Two minute chunk and and people are willing to engage uh, despite yep. our short attention spans and needing to yep. swipe up real quick or whatever. Yeah. And I'm so thankful for that because that's my work. I mean, true. Like I see like new trailer for and I'm like, oh, and I'll click it and I will watch that whole thing. I want to yeah. see the trailer. Uh, and there's podcasts out there where they, they examine every frame of the yeah. trailer. Break you know, like they look for Easter eggs or look for something in the background. They circle it and they're like, right. did you notice that yeah. in the background? <laughs> and, and, and reactions. Like, yeah. you know, they totally, and it just it's so much more a part of the zeitgeist than it was when yeah. I started. And that's because of trailer fans. Yeah. You know? So I'm very thankful. You have your fans. <laughs> yes, you do. Fans, you know. <laughs> they are your fans. I mean, you, you know, they're little pieces of art. I mean, yes, are we in marketing? Are we just advertising a bigger project? Sure. But it's still like its own little piece of art. And so it's I always movie. try to remember that yeah. when I'm going crazy with revisions and your yeah. too. It's like, I remember the ultimate thing is I got to work on this and it's a little piece of creativeness. <laughs> Yeah. They they have YouTube channels where they just show trailers. These are the trailers oh, yeah. coming in 2022, and you sit yeah. and watch an hour of you yeah. know a little. So I, they're there. I, I subscribe to a couple of those just so I can stay up to date on you know your competition. There's, there's so much stuff now. You know, it's yes. not just the movie studios that put out trailers, but mm -hmm. Amazon and Hulu and oh, YouTube. streaming is nuts. Yeah. so much content. Oh my god. Yeah. yeah, I don't think the trailer business is dying at all. It's going to be like the exploding business. Yeah. I mean, it, yeah, I, and I'm incredibly grateful for that. Yeah, and you've got this cool job. See, now I wish I'd done trailers sooner, and then maybe I'd be doing that instead of this print, which I do feel is kind of dying. <laughs> oh, stop it. <laughs> but thank you so much for sharing all your thoughts about trailers. I, I could talk about this endlessly, but you've already been here almost an hour, so... Oh, that is fine. Yeah. We'll have you on again. Yes, if you, you want to talk, mo talk movies out. or whatever. And, and yeah, we'll, you could yeah. break it out for us. It'd be really fun as a trailer reaction to have the actual trailer cutter tell us how you put it together. And what That's happening. a good That'd idea. Be really fun, yeah. actually. I've never seen that before. If you're yeah. up for that, we would love to have you back. Yes. And they're yeah. short. They're not an hour. They're like, you know, 10 minutes. So you yeah. could come in and just do a quick break, break, break. That'd be really fun. Well, I think the we next could... time I finish a trailer, I'll let you know. It yeah, doesn't please. happen all that often. There's a lot of competition out there. So you may not hear from me for a year or two. But... <laughs> a year or two. We'll just send over someone else who did it. And them <laughs> yeah, it doesn't matter. You could come <laughs> back and we'll just talk about Stanley Kubrick for an hour. Yeah, we can just break <laughs> that up. Would be, yeah, you would have to shut me up. Uh, yeah, <laughs> we me should too. do that then. Let me love, too. love to have you on again, Eric. Thank yeah, you so definitely. much for coming on. Yeah, thank, thank you. And stick around. We're going to run the, the credits, but stay for a second. Okay, yeah. we'll, okay. We'll talk about your parting gifts. <laughs> yeah, those. <laughs> but thanks for joining us. It yeah. was a hey. fascinating conversation. Thanks it was. I loved it. It was awesome. Okay. okay. See you next time.